All right. Hey, want to welcome everyone to you and the law uh, podcast show. Uh, this is our first time uh, on this um, uh, platform. So uh, we have been on for what a year and a half. Uh, yeah. Our co-host is uh, so. I guess we need to introduce ourselves first. So I'm gonna let you go first since you are, you know, the. Uh, the host of the show. Yeah. So what's going on, V man? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. So, um, you know, my name is Keith Humphrey. I've um, been in law enforcement for 34 years and I have the esteemed pleasure of being the chief of police for the city of Little Rock. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying this. This is, uh, you know, Virgin and I have been friends for a long time and we just decided that it's time to have a real talk podcast dealing with law enforcement. Mm -hmm especially when it comes to concerns from the uh, African-American community, other communities of color. So we, we keep it real here. Uh, we keep it real. We don't sugarcoat. Uh, when something's right, it's right. If something's wrong, it's wrong. If something's questionable, we'll, we'll talk about it. And I think that's what's make our, our show very popular because we are honest. And just because we're police, we're not always right. Uh, we get it wrong. Uh, we, you know, and so I think that's one of the things to that, uh, Citizens want to know, uh, you know, yeah. coming from police. We don't try to we don't try to justify everything that happens. But at the same time, um, we explain and break down things. Uh, we don't try to armchair quarterback. We will make that very clear, because unless you're there in that person's mind, you don't know what they're thinking. But we can definitely talk about the actions. So, exactly. um, you know, that's all about all about me. And I turn it over to my esteem. I'm gonna let you be the host, man. You, always, you know, I always give you a hard time saying I'm the host, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow you to be the host, man. So I turn it over to our esteemed host, Virgil Pierre uh, Bartholomew Solomon Green. <laughs> well, hey, well, again, Keith, it looks like you know we've got some people who have joined us, and uh, hopefully, you know, if you want to share uh some comments uh as the podcast show go along please do so in the chat and we can uh definitely uh, get to those messages but just a little bit about our show we uh launched this show back um at the beginning of the pandemic um and so we wanted to have a platform to where we can talk with our listeners about issues that's going on in the uh policing industry with the that involves the the minority community and so we um launched that on another platform and we were there uh for a little over a year and a half and we decided to uh, branch out and try to do something different with our podcast so hopefully uh where we will reach a, a much larger audience to kind of gave it give us a little bit more control uh over our podcast and so uh, as uh, Chief Humphrey said, that we are, um, you know, it's a law enforcement podcast show, but we talk about a lot of different topics. And um, so we're hopefully hoping that everybody will like our show. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, we're on Facebook at You and the Law One. Um, we're also on Twitter. That's at um, You and the Law One on Twitter. And so uh, definitely share your, your uh, comments uh about what we uh about anything that we're talking about and you know keith uh you know tonight we're um i see we've got uh 
Sarah Banner uh, is has joined us, Keith. Our, our good friend Sarah is is on. So that's what's that's up, great. Sarah? What's up, Miss Sarah? How you doing? Yeah. So so I'll type her a message. But we're gonna, you know, we may be a little rusty with this in the beginning. But I think as the weeks go along, we'll. I'm not gonna be have, rusty, man. Speak you're not this. gonna be rusty. Yeah. <laughs> I use lo I use lotion, man. In your case, you need to use shortening a lot. <laughs> Well, well, you know what? We're we're gonna get we're gonna get it together, and uh, but it's just great that everybody, you know, those who can tune in, who have been faithful uh, followers of you and the Law uh, podcast show, and because uh, you know we were on the Bachelor News Radio Network, so and now we're 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 streaming live, and we're using um, uh, a platform called uh, Restream, and so. I think we're going to be uh, very pleased with this and hopefully everybody who tunes in and listens to the other rebroadcast shows will be uh, pleased as well. And I also want to remind you that if you uh, have missed any of our other previous shows, you can go to Anchor, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Google Podcasts. We're on all of those platforms so you can listen to all of our shows. But you know, Keith, we wanted to end the year off talking about a year in review of 2021 and everything that happens this past year, which has been a lot. And so, you know, we've had about 48 episodes uh, this year. And so, uh, you know, we want to end the year talking about the things that have occurred in 2021 and how that changed law enforcement. Well, yeah, you know, I, there was there were a lot of things. You know, we saw the January sixth uh, incident, uh, uh, insurrection uh, that that involved law enforcement. Uh, it also involved a on both sides law enforcement that were on the receiving end of assaults, and then some in law enforcement that were involved in some of those assaults. Um, we saw people try to defend that. People in our own uh, profession try to defend what they saw on January the sixth. Um, you know uh, the family of um, um, uh, you know Derek Chauvin, George Floyd's family. Uh, although you know they'll never have George back, um, I will tell you that I believe that them uh, sitting in that courtroom and hearing that the word the guilty verdict, uh, I think that sent a sense of closure. It not complete closure, but we saw that uh, we saw a lot of. Um, saw a lot of violence in the in the in the in the nation. Uh, gun crimes were up, violent crimes up, youth youth crimes were up, um, and so we we did talk. But we had a lot of positive things to talk about: uh, social workers and law enforcement, uh, community programs. How do we help our unsheltered community and our communities that suffer from mental illness? And so, um, you know, we are. Uh, I think we do a lot of good things, and and this year has been really busy for us. Um, but we keep it real. Uh, we, yeah, we keep it real. So uh, I will tell you, uh, Virgil, uh, January sixth was an embarrassment, especially for law enforcement, uh, to just think that we are hired to protect individuals, and we had individuals who were actually turning on uh, law enforcement, and the nation uh, stepped up and basically said, you know, even if we don't like police. How can police officers turn on each other and, and assault uh, some mm -hmm. of the most vicious attacks that we've ever seen against law enforcement, especially uh, from our own uh, uh, so-called brothers and, and sisters in blue? Um, 
I think um, I think uh, that um, raised a lot of people's eyes. You know, you always hear me talk about we take 50 steps forward and we get knocked back 20 miles. Yeah, I think we did that. And, and so um, I think we can recover from it, but it's going to take some honest discussions and some and some soul searching to realize how did how did we get to that point? How did we get to yeah. the point that we're attacking our own and that we that we would like to, we want to go in and actually, you know, how do we come as a country? We want to go in and attack our own and then we want to destroy um, uh, the Senate, the, the how you know, the, the 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 actual location that makes the laws that we live by and individuals that have been elected to uh, set those laws. We want to attack them. I mean, people were ready. People came there prepared to um, to be violent. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Keith, you know, we got uh, one of our listeners, Mrs. Baker, uh, she made the, the comment about the, um, you know, we've had a, uh, some law enforcement officials here from Oklahoma who uh, went and um, got caught up in that, um, everything that took place on January the 6th. And so, uh, you know, everybody has the the freedom to do what they want to do. But I think, you know, when it comes to um, things that involves law enforcement, um, you kind of have to step back because especially when you're in a leader, whether you're a sheriff or whether you're a a police chief and you put yourself in that environment, uh, it doesn't look good. And I think uh, uh, there's a lot of people who concerns about what took place uh, with individuals who participated in that insurrection who were law enforcement who attacked law enforcement um and even if they were there and they saw the people attacking law enforcement they didn't do a whole lot to really step in to protect those officers who were being assaulted well i think the thing that really concerns a lot of the a lot of the nation was that there were excuses being made um for, and, and I will tell you that that I believe there were police chiefs in the nation that did not want to know that their people were there. Um, you know, we have a very good friend that works in in the city, um, in 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 one of the cities in, in Oklahoma, and I won't I won't call out. And he was, you know, he basically called um, officers out that he knew were there. Yeah, and said you know you're not your actions don't reflect on the oaths that we took and mm-hmm. the and the badge that you wear. And uh, the tables were turned and he was called a racist for even bringing that up. That's, you know, and so we were even attacked for even um, discussing our, um, our disappointment and for what, what happened. And, and, and chiefs were attacked, executive command that was attacked and, 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 and stuff. And so that's scary that people believe that that was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Ms. Baker, you know, she made a comment about, you know, it's real accountability. And that's that's what this is about. Uh, it's, you know, everybody should be held accountable, especially when you're in a leadership um, position, whether, like I said, you know, whether you're a sheriff or a police chief. Um, and, you know, Keith, uh, you know, I want to kind of go back, you know, how, you know, we started to show off uh, in January with, um we where we had on uh several guests uh just eddie and uh, uh another attorney who was 
heavily involved in the Justice for Julius Jones. And so that was our first show uh, of the year uh, where it was the Walk for Freedom that, uh, that had taken place with uh, just Eddie and um, a lot of other people across uh, the Oklahoma who went on like a 130, 135 mile walk from Oklahoma City to McAllister, Oklahoma. And it was really interesting to have um, Jess on and the other guests talk about the uh, everything that uh, surrounded uh, Julius Jones, what took place. And um, and as we know now, the governor of Oklahoma has, uh, uh, you know, granted uh, clemency to uh, Julius Jones. And so a lot of people were very instrumental in 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 their voices and you know sarah banner she was a part of that group uh miss baker she was a part of that group and so many others and so that was just one of the shows that started our 2021 podcast show off when we were talking about the walk for freedom that involved uh julius jones and, and you know keith and i'll say this you know on one of our platforms on anchor that show has been listened to almost 30 times so People have really were real in, interested in uh, everything that uh, involved Julius Jones. Virgil, I'm going to say this. I think um, <clears throat> with tragedy uh, comes some form of light. And I think that just the things that we've seen over the last and in the, in the criminal justice system over the last five to six years, um, you've seen more people involved in these type of, uh, in, in these type of, um, involved in these type of uh, incidents or scenarios uh, where you have individuals that may have been wrongfully convicted. Don't know. I don't know a lot about that story, just what I've read, or people who uh, how, have been put to death and, and we find out later they hadn't, but you're starting to see more and more people get involved and calling for justice uh, for mm -hmm. individuals who may not have received the appropriate justice. Um, and so I think um, with the deaths of going back to Trayvon Martin and, and going back to Sandra Bland and, and Mr. Castillo, mm -hmm. Castillo and Mr. Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor and others, uh, the other young man where the officer was just convicted uh, the other young man in in um, in, in Wisconsin, um, I think um, I think that what we're seeing is um, we're seeing people stand up and say, "Hey, no, not anymore. We need to um, we need to work. We need to see more showing that people are getting uh, treated uh, the way that they should, and um, that no matter what a person has." on a piece of paper that is their criminal record, uh, they still deserve to be treated fairly. And uh, we don't have the right in law enforcement to be judge and jury. Um, we do our job. Uh, we can't take it personally if someone is not uh, convicted uh, or arrested. We can't take that. Our job is to, is to preserve the peace and we got to do it right. We can't cut corners. And we definitely can't take someone's life just because we wear a badge. And I think that's what people are holding us accountable for and say, hey, no more. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, Keith, I want to recognize another one of our faithful listeners. I don't know if you can see that uh, 
some Arkansas people have joined the podcast show. Uh, HC and uh, Taisha Swift uh, have joined us. So thank you guys for joining us. And for some reason, I want to let everybody know who's listening to the show. Um, we got to work this out to where we can be able to reply to your comments. So if we can't reply to your comments uh, directly, uh, I'll definitely read your comments and uh, recognize that you're on the podcast show. And so uh, uh, she says this is much better. And so I think a lot of people are now able to kind of see what you look like and what I look like. And, um, you know, because, you know, you think well, then, you got this, you know, my voice kind of tells people what I, I should look like. I'm <laughs> sure people realize that they're not surprised that what you look like. So uh, I just want to put that in there. <laughs> well, well, it, and, you know, and for those who are just now coming on to the show and hopefully more people will, will join join us um you know uh, this is uh you and the law uh podcast show uh we've been on another network for uh going almost two years and so now we decided to venture out and and uh do some things on our own that hopefully will continue to grow our podcast show because we've had you know keith we've had listeners from all over the country listen to the show and uh so we've we've had a really good following and uh hopefully that following will continue because other topics that we talk about. And so I think this will be a, a much better uh, platform to where we can connect with our listeners uh, in person and they can connect with us as well. So, um, you know, I want to jump into, you know, we we talked about, you know, we had on uh, just Eddie and, and another guest who were uh, very instrumental in the, the Freedom Walk for uh, Julius Jones. And, um, and, you know, Keith, you mentioned something about not knowing a lot about his case. And, you know, we've talked on our podcast show, we've talked about uh, people who have been wrong, wrongfully convicted, who have sit in prison for over, um, you know, 20 years, 30 years. And one of those, Keith, if you remember, we talked about um, a, a guy who was uh, in, in an Alabama prison who took who had a his character was was portrayed in the movie uh, uh just mercy and so uh he had spent almost 30 years in prison and uh he was able to get out of prison uh for a crime he did not commit and so there are so many people who especially in keith i think in law enforcement industry people have this attitude that hey if you if a jury convicted you then you're actually guilty of that crime well you know it's sad to say when the the uh, justice system is supposed to be fair and equal but you've got people who um who are wrong wrongfully convicted and uh but you got people in the law enforcement uh, community who feels that they are guilty and so it, it's real sad to know that a man spends 30 years in prison for a crime he did not commit. And that 30 years of his life will never be. How, how do you give somebody 30 years of their life back? How do you how do you know that? How do you, how do you know in your heart that you didn't do anything, but there's nothing you can do about it? And then you are behind bars for 30 years, so much you miss. How do you not come out angry? I think I told you yeah. a story about the young man. I was at a 
event that I was speaking, you know, he was one of the uh, young men that Craig Watkins, who was the first black district attorney in the city of Dallas, um, actually decided to open a number of cases that there was some questionable behavior by the police department. And at that time, the prosecutor, and I believe there were 18 of those cases that were overturned. Uh, all of them, 95% of them were African-American. There's this one young man that was at the, um, he was at the event, he was speaking. And when he spoke, he had been in, he's, he did 18 years in the penitentiary, 18 mm -hmm. years. And the only thing I could say to this young man when he finished was, I'm sorry, brother, on behalf of law enforcement, I'm sorry. That's not the law enforcement profession that I became involved in that I love. That's all you could do is apologize. You couldn't, you know, there's nothing more you can do but apologize when somebody's uh, has gone through that and you listen to their story. And, and that's what I did. I sit there and attentively listen to the story. It was just very sad, but that's, that's just one of the many stories we hear about um, uh, on a daily basis regarding, you know, how many people are in, in prisons or in jail or on monitors or on paper that haven't done anything. And yeah, uh, exactly. people really don't understand that a plea bargain is a conviction. Now, yeah. people, I'll plead out. Well, that's a conviction. Yeah, um, it's on your record. It's on your record. And so, um, you know, how many people that have taken plea bargains thinking that it's the lesser of the two evils, but it's still a conviction on, on, on them and it prohibits them from doing some of the things that you and I can do or other people who are listening uh, can do. In some yeah. states, vote. You can't vote, um, you know, and um, you can't get a driver's license, you know, depending on the state and stuff. So you're getting, once you're released, you're being... Um, penalized again so it's just um it's just sad yeah well keith i want to recognize uh one of my uh, somebody from my home state of new mexico on here uh sonia thompson she uh lives out in san diego california but she's a home girl from hobbs new mexico so sonia glad that you're able to to tune in and join us and she says it's uh love to see our black leaders um coming out and uh she says we need need to see more come on board and so hopefully through this uh this this platform key that that we have uh, more people will engage the, the the black community and the minority communities um especially when we need to be a part of the, the conversation more than what we have been and i think a lot of people uh are that's why people listen to what we have to say, because, you know, we're going to keep it real. We're going to be honest about it. If it's not right, we're going to talk about it uh, and we're going to talk about the good and the bad. And so um, hopefully people will respect that and definitely um, uh, follow follow our podcast show and uh, and become a part of the conversation. Um, and so uh, you're saying HC is saying that the hit like the share button to notify people uh you know and keith as i go along and i'm I'm the one that's kind of running everything here and so um i i've got to figure that out and so um hc i'm i'm working on it and so i may be a uh, a little uh, a hard time getting because you're running stuff 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, Bert, uh, Jason Starr. Jason said he had a question for us both. And absolutely, Jason, please, please type in your message. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. And, and Jason, Jason is is one of the former officers uh, with the uh, Tulsa, Tulsa Campus Police Department. So, Jason, glad that to, you're tuning in to uh, You and the Law uh, podcast show uh, as we are. This is our first night streaming on uh, Restream. Um, typically, I want to let everybody know, our show has been broadcasted live on Tuesdays, and we are going to continue that. Uh, the show was broadcasted live uh, every Tuesday, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to be broadcasting live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So um for those of you who have followed us uh i know we're on tonight it's a thursday night but we wanted to end the year uh off with uh with letting everybody know what's going on with you and the law and how you can follow and so um and as jason uh you know gets his message to us i'm gonna read another message where miss baker she says that the only to the fact that we are originally deemed guilty simply because of the color of our skin you can't change the system it's still built a foundation of race and oppression um say we become comfortable with asking for forgiveness instead of seeking truth before judgment uh, and, and you're right miss baker i mean got a, a system that is supposed to be fair and equal but seen so many times has not been fair and equal, uh, especially in the minority community. And so, um, and that, and, and again, Keith, I think the importance of a podcast show like here is to to engage with people and talk with them about the things that they're concerned about. Because, you know, we've talked about everything from, you know, George Floyd to to have occurred um and, and so everything that has happened we have talked about it and, and as you know these that have happened that but we're going to get ready for a show uh the topic that we have chosen about oftentimes uh we have nothing else to talk about um but jason says uh as a white police officer what are things I do to help the gap with and building a relationship with minorities without trying too hard to fit in or to do much relationship? That's a good question. Can I let Chief Humphrey? Yeah, Jason, thank you for that question. It took a lot of, uh, uh, it took a strong person to ask that question. Uh, the, the bottom line is, thank you for asking. Thank you for wanting to know. But one of the things I will say, just be you. I don't try yeah. too hard. Uh, listen, uh, make every moment a learning moment uh, and, and a teaching moment. Uh, you can learn from individuals and you can also teach individuals. I think what happens when you try too hard and you try too hard to fit in, um, but people want to know that you care and they want to know that they can trust you. And um, they don't want to hear, you know, well, I know what you're going through. Uh, I know what you've been through. 
they want to hear sincerity. Just listen. You know, sometimes just get out of the car, the police car, and just listen uh, to individuals and hear what they have to say. And don't take it personally. Uh, we as police officers have it really bad taking it personally. We want to we, we want to be on the defensive and sometimes just being just listening, um, being calm and just listening. And, you know, maybe that first encounter, uh, maybe that person doesn't know you. Maybe that's person. That's why they're not being as nice as you think. But you have to build that trust, and especially with communities of color and especially with law enforcement, even as an African-American police officer. I still have to build the trust with, with African-Americans, Hispanics, with all people in the community, because just what's happening with our profession right now, the uniform that I wear, is some people just don't trust us. And so you have to build that trust. It's not going to happen overnight. And once they, <coughs> I will tell you, uh, Tommy Norman, you know, people ask me about Tommy Norman all the time. He's in a neighboring city. Uh, Tommy cares. Uh, Tommy gets out of the police car. What you see Tommy exactly. doing is not just for show. Tommy's out there really in the minority community and he's listening. He didn't try overnight to fit in. Uh, he had to earn the trust, gain the trust, not buy the trust, but gain the trust uh, and letting people know, hey, I'm going to be back again. This is not just a photo shoot. I really care about you. So those are the things that you do. Just be you and be honest. Yeah. Well, open yeah. and listen. Yeah, exactly. Well, HC is, is wondering who is HC. So for her to say HC, she knows who she is. We just, you, um, you know, we just kind of short down HC. So, uh, you know, I could say Helena, but, um, you know, I don't want to mess up your name, type and say it's not the way you pronounce my name. So, on your H Humphrey gave Alinea, Alinea, Condi, Valencino. Man, that's that, what that, it is. We call it HC. Yeah, so we're just gonna stick to HC, HC. Okay, is that cool? She also says her comment to Jason. She just says I was uh, would say uh, build trust with communications, which, as you know, Keith, communication is a lot. Uh, uh that involves everything we do so uh, uh it starts with community so um and, and i have to say this for jason is a really good officer um he uh definitely engages with the students with the tulsa public school district and uh and i i believe he's still with the tulsa public schools jason if you're not let me know but uh, uh he was an officer there when i was the uh, uh, deputy chief uh, major with the Tulsa Public Schools. So really good officer who really cares about the students and cares about uh, connecting with uh, with the black uh, with the black students. So um, Jason says, I love Tommy. He's definitely an inspiration and role model. Uh, he said, he, I look up to and thank you guys both. Uh, I will definitely be watching more. This is awesome. Major Green say you greatly missed by a lot of us here at TPS. So, so Jason, uh, thank you for tuning in. If you can't uh, watch the entirety of the show, we thank you for joining. Let everybody else know about uh, you and the law of that show and people can in and, and join us live every Tuesday. And so uh, as well, as be around. Hey, can I ask you a question, Virgil? Yeah. 
just something. Have you have you ever been in a foot chase? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What What are you trying to say? Well, I, I, I'm just going to say this: if, for the for the people out here who are watching, who do you think would be more successful in a foot chase? You or Chief me? Humphrey or Chief or Chief Green? Yeah, uh, I so, the, it's going to be me. So anybody who just you know heard that Chief wants to know between me and him, who would do better in the foot chase? And and I'm pretty sure HC or Thais, one of them is going to reply. So, uh, and somebody has replied. She says, neither one of y'all. Well, hey, so the answer is not me or you. <laughs> and so okay. Jason. That's, 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 her, that's her. She has a right to her opinion. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Baker says, Jason, people can tell when a person is genuine and sincere, uh, leave with empathy and understand that those in the community are traumatized. Um, and it takes um, it takes a lot. So, you know, some good uh, some good advice from from Ms. Baker to, to Jason. I think the biggest thing, as she you know stated, that people will. Uh, they know when you're sincere. And if you're not sincere about what you're doing, it's going to show up at some point. And um, Bertie, this you isn't just, yeah. You know, you know what, man? There's no can approach to building trust in the community. It's just basically being yourself and, and showing empathy. Miss um, Baker said it. You know, you got to lead with empathy and understanding. And people can feel your sincerity. And um, I, I can't, I can't, you know, you can't, this is a job, you get into this job to help people. Yeah. And people need to feel that. And, and we need to stop as law enforcement officers believing that if we do show empathy uh, and uh, show that we care, that's a sign of weakness. Um, we don't always have to have that, that stoic face. Uh, we don't always have to smile. However, we do have the responsibility and an obligation to treat everyone with respect and to re react to the actions of those individuals. Uh, and 90% of the community, of the, of the community that you work in, wants to see you there, respect you. They want that outpour of, of caring. They want to display that outpour of caring. They want to receive that. So we, as law enforcement, we have to, in, in, I've said it. All the training is there, Virgil, yeah. to the listeners. I think we have the most, the best training available than I've seen in my 34 years in law enforcement. I'll, I'll say this again. We have the best training available, the training on emotional intelligence, de-escalation, <laughs> the training on crisis intervention, um, all of that stuff. All of that stuff is available. But how are we getting it to our officers? And if we are getting it to our officers, how are they absorbing that? And if they're absorbing it, are they using that? Or are we just sitting in a classroom saying, uh-huh, checking the box, checking the box, and we go back out and we're doing the same thing. So yeah. the resources are there. They're there. Um, they're available. And a lot of them, is not, it's not about money. I mean, there are so many different organizations that will come in and host these type mm -hmm. of trainings. Uh, you can even send your officers to a train the trainer class to bring that stuff back, but it's got to be in your heart 
And it's got to be a desire to do that. Yeah. Well, recognize uh, another Arkansas person has joined us, uh, Mr. Tony Hollis. Thank, uh, thank you for <clears throat> tuning in. To, uh, you know, I met him when I was um, had been selected for the Chief Ciola Arkansas a couple months ago. And so uh, glad that uh, glad you can be able to do this, Tony. It's good seeing you on. And he has his own um, uh, live. Uh, I cannot name of it, but it's a very primitive. Uh, and uh, he's up down Osceola and uh, Blyville, Arkansas. So. Uh, Tony, glad to, to join us. Um, Jason, uh, well, let me get to Ms. Baker's. She said, yes, we need officers. We need good ones. And, and I think the biggest thing, one of the things that we talked about on our podcast show is the fact that we officers who really care about um, not there just to arrest people and uh, that way with building uh that trust with that community and it goes a long way in the gap and something about keith um jay says i have a a very strong relationship to respect and trust keep me at a, I respect them for that for to speaking every day and talking to them they they start to open up uh, he says i know it, it would overnight so forward to to <clears throat> to the chase uh to the show that i about them in in and out of school you know school is a real important key uh in the law enforcement uh you know you've got school resource officers there in little rock had them in, in norman uh school resource officers really built a lot of good relationships with students they do, man. And I will tell you, there's been a lot of situations that have been interrupted just by the fact that our school resource officers uh, know their kids and their kids, the kids trust them. Um, I've asked my SROs to to set a goal every day of trying to meet, you know, as many new kids as they had every day. Say hi to everybody who comes into school and try to get to know kids so you build that relationship and that trust. But it, that's an important. Kids are our future, man. And, and trust me, in our violent crimes that we're seeing throughout the nation, the, the suspects are getting older. I mean, sorry, younger and younger. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a deal that happened the other day in, in Mesquite and Garland, Texas, where you had a 14-year-old who was driven to a location by his dad uh, yeah. to, to keep some other people. I mean, the dad drove his son there. And yeah. so um, how do these kids have a, um, how do they have, I mean, how, how do you have a chance when, when your parent uh, drives you to the scene, know what you're going to do and drives you to that scene to carry out such a heinous act? And so um, these kids, a lot of these kids don't have uh, anyone to look up to. And so as police officers, school resource officers, principals, teachers, uh, we, we have an op obligation to, to be there for those kids and, and be those, those mentors and, um, and, and you know, this is this this conversation has come up quite a bit in the past. If, if you remember, there were athletes that say they didn't ask to be role models, and, and I get that. 
But I will tell you as police officers and teachers and, and um, um, you know, individuals in those occupations, um, we are we are role models. We are mentors, whether we understand, yeah. realize it or not. And role models can be negative and they can be positive. So everybody has the potential of being a role model or, ment- or mentor. It just depends. One way goes negative, one way goes positive. So I think I want, that's one of the things I, I like because everybody talks about, oh, you got a role model is a good person. No, not necessarily. A role model, people learn from everybody. You have some people that want to go in the in the direction of the people who want to do completely wrong all the time. And some people want to do, and you have those kids that are in the middle. And so those yeah. are the kids that can go either way. Those are the ones that you want to steer in the right way. But um, there's always a kid watching to see, listening to what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, Tony just <clears throat> texted me and, and said that, uh, his his show is the Tony Hollis live talk show is is justify and so he, he definitely uh, gets engaged in in the in his community. Uh, he's out there talking about things that can be talked about, whether it's in OCL or or uh, Black or any any that part of Arkansas. So uh, really good guy, uh, and I'm glad I met him. And so uh, you know everybody. We meet people, become good friends with them, and so we want to encourage everybody who is tuning in to you and the Law uh, podcast show that this is our new place where we're going to be uh, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, let your friends and family know and uh, tune in to, you know, whether we have, you know, 10 people listening or 200 people listening. But uh, our goal is to just share information with with the with our listeners and uh, about what's going on in policing. And some of the Keith, you know, we I want to kind of run down some of the things that we've talked about in 2020 and 2021. That we haven't uh, uh, stayed away from. And again, I think that's why people uh, have followed the show continue to follow the show where we talked about, you know, uh, racism in law enforcement, white supremacy in law enforcement. And and Keith, those are things that people in our industry don't like for people to talk about. And so um, uh, when you start talking about bringing up the fact that there is white supremacy in law enforcement, um, there a lot of doors are closed to you. I think what we have to realize is that there's discrimination, racism, and hate in in every organization. Um, because someone has on a badge doesn't make them uh, above uh, above any of that. Uh, that's scary because these are some of the same individuals that we're asking to protect protect mm-hmm. us, protect our interests. Um, but it's reality is reality. I mean, you know, when you've done this job as long as we've done, we've seen and we've heard some things that you never would have thought. I mean, who yeah. would have? We would have thought January the 6th would have occurred and, and watching police officers attack other police officers, uh, disrespecting other police officers, calling other police officers the N-word, um, you know, basically saying, hey, uh, I'm a police officer, let me in, you should be joining us. Uh, never thought that would have occurred. Never thought I would have seen that. I know that there are people that have that mentality, but to actually openly say it, 
But at the same time, it lets you know that this stuff exists. I mean, these type of feelings, these type of, of behavior mentality exists. And, and yeah. so, um, you know, it, it, it opens the eyes of a bunch of police chiefs. I've talked to police chiefs throughout the nation and it, it caused them to open their eyes and, and be more uh, vigilant on, uh, you know, what's actually going on in their, in their police department. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and Keith, you know, one of the, some of the other topics that we talked about this past year, uh, you know, we talked with, um, our good friend, um, chief James Smith, who's the police chief in Lawton, Oklahoma, where we talked about, um, you know, the long, uh, the history of policing, the brutality of policing, you know, so, you know, we had chief Smith on where we talked about, just the culture of policing, how policing um, has has changed some, but uh, it, you know, in 2021, we you know we saw the uh, the incident with George Floyd. Uh, we saw so many other uh, incidents involving police brutality. We saw incidents that took place here in, in Oklahoma City uh, that led to a lot of protests and and so uh, the. the the policing has a long way to really connect with the community. And, um, and, and so those, you know, that's one of the topics that we talked about. Uh, you know, we talked about mental health illness, um, uh, how police respond to the individuals with mental health, uh, illness and what crisis that they're dealing with. Um, and one of the shows, Keith, I won't forget, uh, we had on, um, uh, D. Janae Jackson, uh, she a uh, video that went viral after she was pulled over. And uh, for those who don't know anything about uh, D. Janae Jackson, she is a federal custom officer in uh, in Birmingham, and she was on her way to work. Uh, a local uh, a sheriff uh, department and. Um, she, the way she was treated, she was in uniform. She was a black lady, but uh, went with her Facebook Live uh, video and attention across the country and even outside of the United States. And on as a guest, and she talked about her experience uh, and a black woman in in policing. Key. And, and uh, very interesting show. We got a lot of good reviews on that show. And let's just face it, man, because we're in the professions that we are in, it doesn't mean that we're not affected by what's going on in the nation and what happens daily in, in every community. And it was, uh, uh, you know, I thought it took a lot of courage for her to step up and, and talk about that and do some of the things that she's doing. And um, But it, it kind of it makes you kind of wonder, man, you can't take things for granted. And you know, in this day and time, uh, there's no way we can say, oh, no, that's not going to happen to us. And that's not happening. I learned a long time ago, and you can't do that in this profession. Uh, don't let anything that occurs, it'll disappoint you, but you can't let it surprise you because and we're human. At the, end, at, the, at the end of the day, every law enforcement officer is human. Every law enforcement officer breathes. Every law enforcement officer, uh, uh, you know, has the five senses. Uh, and and so human make mistakes, but the thing about it is, there are those times we cannot afford to make mistakes. We cannot afford to allow our own bias to take over the decisions that we make. 
some do not get it. Yeah. Some do not get it. I, I, re, I remember Virgil interviewing a young man uh, when I used to sit on the interview panels in Arlington. And this was a young kid that was very privileged. And the only reason he wanted to be a police officer is because, and he said this during the interview panel, that he had some people that, that said that had harassed him uh, when he was a kid. And he actually wanted to go back to his class reunion and he wanted to have his gun and badge clipped on his uh, belt and basically show these people, hey, you know, who you're messing with. And this is somebody who said that, which I'm glad he did say that mm -hmm. because uh, his true feelings came out. And but to say that and just think about uh, if you don't have a well formatted interview process or hiring process, just think how many individuals like that get through. Uh, and yeah. and then now you're teaching them the, the trade uh, of of of, um, of being a police officer, which there are times when you take someone's freedom, um, and now people take advantage of that. Yeah, people that officers that will uh, figure out ways how to do it and not get caught. But this young man um, had the had the courage to. Well, I don't know if it was the courage. Or he didn't realize what he was saying, but he said it. Uh, he was thinking, and it came out. And uh, you know, I'm proud to say he didn't get hired. Yeah. Well, Keith, you know, Jason made a good comment where uh, he says it's that blue wall of silence. More officers have to start speaking out and holding uh, one another accountable. And um, uh, you know, Miss Baker, she said exactly, Jason. A person's silence is still violence. And so, you know, I think. It, you know, everybody has their own comfort zone, but I believe uh, more people need to speak out. And uh, when they do see people being uh, where their rights are being violated and they're being uh, abused by another police officer. Um, again, this is a, a great profession that you and I have been a part of for uh, decades. And that's uh, a profession that uh, when you go back, Keith, and you look at what took place in during the civil rights era, uh, in the 60s and 70s, uh, a lot of people ask this question, how much has law enforcement really changed? Uh, because you're seeing police officers still um, uh, violate people's civil rights. You, you're seeing police officers who, uh, to some degree, this past election cycle, uh, even it, it, to some level, uh, there was some intimidation with people going to vote. And so it took you back to where the, what things looked like back in during uh, the civil rights era with Martin Luther King and just how bad law enforcement um, got involved with attacking people. And, and all of these people wanted to do was the right to go and vote, Keith. And so a lot of people continue to ask this question, uh, uh, about policing and that's why the one of the un, unpopular things that was talked about this year Keith was uh, the uh, defund the police and you and I were totally against defunding the police but you've got some people who are advocates in their communities and they feel that the police should be defunded but I think when you do that you're definitely impacting a community that is really wanting a lot of good police services but when you start defunding the police those are things that could have a negative impact on the community well i think i think people 
sometimes I think they have the two phrases confused, uh, defund the police or uh, reform. Uh, defund and reform, you know, some people think it's the same thing. It's not. Reform yeah. is about changes, uh, changes to your policies, changes to behavior, changes to uniforms, changes to uh, if you're not as active in the community. It's all about reforming. How do you reform to become more inclusive? How do you reform to become more uh, caring in the organization and uh, in, in, the, in the community? The funding means we don't want a police department. Uh, we think that, that 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 money can go to other um, entities. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in reform. Um, I do believe there's funding within the police department that can be utilized to address some of the problems, community programs, things like that, units that can be set up, civilianized in certain areas uh, that can that can address a lot of the community's needs and things like that, social workers. So I think people get those confused sometimes. They mean reform, but they say defund. Yeah, exactly. So Ms. Baker, she says uh, it's more than just defunding the police. Uh, there is wasteful money being spent in police departments when it should go into better training and, and organizations. And, and you're absolutely right, Ms. Baker. I mean, you know, um, they are the, the dollars that uh, the city allocates for police budgets. Uh, you know, if, if some of those dollars can can go into better training and that can be spent for other uh, community services, you have to look at that. But at the same time, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you've got enough police officers who are uh, providing that service to the community uh, that the community is desperately needing. So, um, Keith, you know, we're getting a lot of good comments about the, the things that we've talked about. And uh, but I want to go back to, you know, we we've talked about um, you know, I said earlier that we were going to be doing our podcast show on um, on Tuesdays. And so uh, uh, my co-host uh, is suggested that we do the podcast show on another night. And so uh, it looks like uh, we're going to be changing our show from Tuesday to to Thursday. Is Thursday going to be okay with you, uh, uh, Mr. Host of the of You and the Law podcast show? I'll have my people get back with yours. Your people are going to get back with me? Okay. But we, we've got to let our people know. You know, our people want to know what's going on with You and the Law. So, you know, so, uh, but the good thing about this here is that we're connected with Facebook Live and uh, so people can go back and they can watch this here and they can uh, 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 share their comments about what we've talked about. So, uh, and, and you know, Ms. Baker, I want to tell you, you, you have been on here from the beginning and, and I definitely thank you for being so, inter, you know, active with us. And she says, because we, uh, Jason says, I have to, I have to go gentlemen, but thank you. And I will definitely be checking uh, in for the next show. So, Jason, we thank you for tuning in uh, to you and the Law bo uh, podcast show on, on Restream. So, uh, Ms. Baker, she says, because we 
would have citizens who are contributing to society economically. It's a process to get there, but I, I, it looks, it took us a long time. It took us a long journey to get to the, to this place. We have to start somewhere. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, Keith, we're coming up on the last few minutes of, of, of the, um, podcast show and uh we definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening um uh hc man she finally woke up she says i think citizens need to know that police officers see so many uh monstrosities and have to go uh go on with their life with their daily lives they need to uh they need uh mental help as well and you know we've talked about that keith about officers their their mental wellness and uh and, and safety and so officers need to understand how they can um you know process those things where they don't bring those things to work with them absolutely that's why the 21st century policing initiative focused on uh, one of the six pillars focused on officer wellness and it's not uh-huh. the physical part it's the emotional part of it and uh, we have a full-time wellness program that I would put up against any wellness program uh, in the in the nation. And so we continue to learn how to grow um, grow that program. But but we have to start taking better care of ourselves physically, yeah. emotionally, spiritually uh, as police officers. Yeah. Well, Keith, I want to get to some of the comments. Uh, I want to. I got my. Uh, my cousin, who is out in Amarillo, Texas, uh, he is uh, a chaplain. Uh, uh, he he says he's definitely going to share this. So, so uh, thank you for for tuning in and listening to you and the you and the law uh, podcast show. Uh, Tony says police liability insurance is the one proposal that will change the behavior of bad cops. What do you think, Keith? You know, that question's come up quite a bit. And I think, um, you know, that could be that could be the case. I mean, you start having to pay out of your own pocket for for the, um, you know, the things that you're doing that are not within policy or not within state law that may get attention. I mean, there are yeah. there are be you have so many people fighting against that, uh, those type of laws. Um, but I will tell you, sometimes it, it takes that. Uh, that's a reality check. Uh, for individuals to realize I can't just go out here and do things and then fall behind the umbrella of, um, uh, you know, uh, immunity. And, and so uh, that could be on the horizon. I know I know uh, legislators have been talking about that. And um, uh, but, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Good comment. Well, you know, Keith, we're coming up on probably the last minute. Uh, you know, we our show is always run about uh, an hour, and so we want to kind of stick to that format. Uh, but again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show, and definitely, um, you know, share this, uh, uh, and and hopefully we will continue to get more listeners. And 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 by the way, you know, um, since you know, I am one of I'm the co-host of the show and Chief Humphrey is the host of the show. I'm running everything. So there's some things that I've got to learn with this new um, uh, platform that we're on. So it's going to get better as we go. And uh, but we want to definitely thank 
everybody for tuning in. And um, uh, Ms. Baker made a comment about the FOP, and it's something that we've we've also talked about on the on the podcast show. So, uh, Keith, um, man, it's been a great uh, beginning to our show, and uh, man, I want to. Uh, let everybody know to make sure that you you tune in. So we're going to be on uh, we're going to be on on Thursdays. Is that what you want to go with, brother? That that is that is fine. Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I think that would be that would be good. You okay. Know, I, All right. Well, I well, I'll tell. Okay. Well, I tell everybody. So um, I've misspoken. So we're going to be doing our live podcast shows on Thursday afternoons at 6 p.m. because Chief Humphrey has wait other... A wait, wait a minute. What's, what? What? Thursday at 6 p.m. is not the afternoon. It's the evening. Well, it, you said okay. afternoon, man. Is it afternoon in Hobbs, New Mexico? Man, you is know what? what? That I think is, that, is that what that means? You know, hey, I got to let people know. For some reason, my buddy here, my co-host, you know, Hives in Mexico is is known worldwide. We are the basketball uh, capital of the world when it comes to high school basketball. In our high school, the Hobbs Eagles just won their holiday tournament. So kudos to the Hobbs Eagles winning their holiday wait, basketball wait, tournament. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, <laughs> Virgil Earl. Wait a minute. Did you, did you just say Hobbs, New Mexico? Is the basketball capital, capital of, the of the world? Yes, world? we are. Yes. Okay. High school basketball. High school basketball and high school football is king in Texas. Well, it, for everybody, my co-host, he's from Texas, and I'm from Dallas. Hobbs, West Dallas. He's from yeah, he's from South Oak Cliff. West Dallas, and then move <laughs> to South Oak Cliff. So let's get on say it, get it right. <laughs> well, hey, Keith, uh, we wanna we wanna let everybody know, uh, and and we like and, and for everybody who's still on here, we like to have fun with each other, and we hopefully that you will uh, in tune in and join in with the with the serious conversation, but we also like to have fun uh, yeah, with our audience. And so, um, HC says this will open up some mini lawsuits and ambulance chasers. Um, uh, so, uh, and then Ms. Baker, she says, progress, not perfection. Uh, she says, good show, guys. So, Ms. Baker, thank you for the for the smileys. And uh, AC, you know, we know you didn't take over the show, but we definitely thank you for, for tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, but, guys, we are going to um make we again as we grow we're gonna uh, make this a, a a good show that everybody can tune in and and be informative and so again follow follow our facebook page we will provide you with um topics that we're going to be talking about and uh and so uh, again uh chief it's been a great show and we will see everybody um in the new year, uh, 2022. And again, uh, happy new year to everybody and be safe. You know, uh, don't get out and drink and drive. Yeah. Happy new year. Remember those, those bullets that you fire up come down and they could come down and hurt somebody or even worse. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Be so, safe and enjoy happy new year. We look forward to seeing you all in 2022. 
Good night, everybody. All right, right y'all have a good night, and thank you for joining us.